Eat, Sleep, Shit, Repeat is an independent podcast. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on today, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. If you're unhappy, leave. Like, mm. you staying unhappy, who is that helping? That's not helping you. That's not helping children. That's not helping your partner. Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Shit, Repeat, the podcast all about the madness that is motherhood. I'm Kirice. And I am Kelly McCarran, and we are just two unhinged lunatics. <laughs> Me more so than Key. Well. However, I do think she just presents better because she's actually just pure chaos like me. We chat about motherhood, life stuff, everything in between. Speaking of everything in between, Kiris got married. She got married. bitches. Yes, I did. I did. I did. And if everyone wants a debrief, maybe we can record something. I think that would be a really fun summer special episode. <gasps> Good idea. We are beginning to prepare summer content. Don't worry, we're going to be in your ears over the silly Yeah, because I was saying to Kay, I was like, I hate it when podcasters go on hiatus. And it's like, actually, this is time that I need content. Totally. Um, but I have to let you in on a little secret. This episode is being pre-recorded. Oh, just in case anyone was confused. Because if you're <laughs> listening to this episode and then you're also looking at my Instagram, you're like, why is she on a cute little mini moon looking cute with her little cute husband? <gasps> oh, it's because down. we pre-recorded this. So it's quite funny though, I think, because if something super wild happens at your wedding, then it'll be weird that we haven't mentioned it here. So it's good that we're saying that it is pre-recorded. What's the wildest thing that's ever happened to you at someone else's wedding? Or would you say it's just my wedding in general? I mean, your wedding was pretty, pretty buck wild. <laughs> I loved your wedding though. And I know it's different feelings for you. If you don't know what I'm we're talking about, it, though. we can link. Oh God, we can't. I'm sick of talking about well, it. Well, we'll link it because there are new listeners. So okay. we'll link Kelly's wedding story so that you can hear all about it and understand the context. But aside from your wedding, I think it's just any time someone does that bloody eagle rock dance. Oh, grown men. Was I talking on to a you about this? I, I talk about it all the time because me and my girlfriends, probably you and I, are like, why do they all run to the dance floor? Because they love pull to their take pants their pants off. down and then sway back and forth while singing <laughs> the Eagle Rock song. <laughs> so yeah, Luke, the first time it's that a he realised, and I'm pretty sure it was at a Queensland wedding. Every wedding now, he requests Eagle Rock and he pulls his pants down and tries to take, and like a grown man running around the dance floor trying to get other grown men to take their clothes off, like. Someone actually came up to me once and said, your husband keeps trying to take off my pants. And I'm like, <laughs> he probably wants to dance to Eagle Rock. <laughs> but the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me yeah. would be, not weird, but like my boob did fall out in front of an entire wedding once. Shut up. Were you a bridesmaid? No, well, like an unhonorary honorary bridesmaid. But so I was fixing the bride's dress because oh, she was no. running around. This is Sammy. Um, She was running around like a bush turkey, like there was a bit of foliage stuck to her (laughs) train and I was like... Somebody help her. So I ran up while she was giving a speech with her husband to help with the bush turkey situation. Got it. As I leaned down, breast fell out of the dress. Showed your turkey breast. And then same husband that loves Eagle Rock then raced around for the rest of the night going, did you see my wife's tit? Absolutely everyone, just in case people had missed it. Uh, anyway, anyway, Ugh. enough about weddings. I'm a bride. I'm a wife. Oh, fuck, I fucked that. Anyway, yeah, I'm a bride. I'm a bride. Yeah, well. Kel, we've got a cracker of a show coming up, so let's get into it. We are talking about resentment. So yonks ago, I asked the shitters what sort of topics they would like in the second season of the pod. This was one of the most highly requested because apparently many of us cannot stand the person we had a child with. Well, (laughs) some of us. I I, am a smug word, remember? Okay, so maybe you can't relate it at the moment. Although maybe you can, who knows, after a honeymoon. That's a lot think, of time spent together. But I think there's levels of resentment. I think, And I think that's what our episode today is going to really showcase because exactly. Kelly and I are going to talk about our feelings towards our partners throughout those early mm-hmm. stages of motherhood and into now. And we have different experiences. And then we even have the other end of the spectrum with our guest Lauren, who ended up leaving her partner when her baby was seven months. So even if you love your partner and don't hate him, resentment like, you can probably relate because I'm sure exactly. that there's been some point, even if you don't have a kid, where you've thought, my long-term partner is really annoying me. Bit of a dud. 
No, not a dud. Being a dud. Being a dud. A huge yeah. dud. Dud vibes. Big dud. Not dad energy. vibes. Dud vibes. BDE, but yeah. not the dick. Not the dud. The d- the duddy, not the dick. <laughs> um, have you had much experience with resentment? I don't even know if I've asked you that before. I don't think we've actually talked about it, which is weird for us. I know a little bit about yours, but yeah, I, I whinge about Luke all the time, and you stick up for him. Well, he, he is a he is a great guy, but yeah, of course, Charlie. Is I think it's always good just context little disclaimer really hands on he's a great person and obviously a really great dad but I think that it's just kind of like you know centuries of women being the primary carer and then obviously us now also having jobs and careers and everything like that but still holding on to some of that primary carer role it's just kind of like the perfect storm to breed resentment mm. and I think that's where a lot of it comes up for me as like those kind of gender roles that we've kind of broken past but still are there somewhat. So I remember feeling resentment for the first time when Charlie went back to work and left me at home. And it was it – How was, long into your – like how old was Rue when he went back to oh, work? Oh, he only had, I think, two weeks off and we were in the hospital for a week. Yeah. And then we had – Oh, he must have had three weeks. So in the hospital for a week, we had a week with his mum and dad who came down to help us. And then we only had one week together. So yeah, Rue was three weeks old when he went back to work. And I remember the resentment was that like, I just couldn't understand that I had had a baby and my life was completely different. You know, my... I'm, I hurt. I had this weird like sciatic pain. So I like couldn't really walk properly. Boobies were so big and sore. sore and, you know, and then Charlie just was like picked up his keys and his little backpack and he got on the bus and he just went to work. And it was like his life hadn't changed. No. Whereas your entire world had flipped itself over. Completely. And I remember being a little bit resentful of that. Mm. I just thought, must be nice. Must be nice. Be and then that. you get to come home and give your baby a little cuddle at the end of the day. Like the best that's bullshit. Parts of it, yeah. Right. But yes, that was, I remember the first time really feeling a little bit of it. And then the second time, which I think a lot of people can relate to, is going back to work. And there are just different things that popped up. It's like when I was on maternity leave, our schedule was that, you know, Monday to Thursday, I was on night shift because that was, you know, Raising Rue was my job at that time. And then on the weekends was Charlie. He'd do night shift from like Friday to Sunday night. Mm. So then I'd have weekends off. And then I went back to work and we were kind of still doing that. And I was only working three days a week, but I had to have a conversation with him like, hey, this isn't working anymore. Like I'm also working too. Like I'm back at work too, so we need to reject that. And we did, but I remember just being like real tired and pissed off and being like – And annoyed that he didn't think to say something. Yeah, and like staring at him sleeping like really nicely. Busted. I'm like – I know you can hear her crying too. You better get up and help me. And then, of course, I think the number one big one is like sickness, right? Oh. You and I talk about this all the time and even more so with freelancing. It's when like, you're a freelancer, your partner just automatically assumes that you will be the one that takes the day totally. off to look after them. And even not as a freelancer, like when I went back to work after having Rue in my nine-to-five job, like – I I lasted one day and then she got so sick, obviously, because it's daycare vibes. Yeah. We're going to do an episode on daycare. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. We're going to get there. But I just remember all of those feelings of like, this was meant to be my big mm. my big time to shine and feel like me again. And I'm the one that has to go pick her up and stay home with her. Like, I've just And look spent- after. And sick babies are not fun. Like, yeah. sick, ba- sick babies are horrible generally. Like, they're so mean to you. Well, they're, they're just, miserable. And they're just really sad and clingy. Yeah. And so you, you think, oh, maybe I'll do a bit of work at home. Can't do that. Mm. Um, and I'd spent a year doing that. So, you know, you're kind of at this moment in time where you're really gearing up to get back to your life professionally. And then you're stuck having to be the one to leave work early. You feel like a bit of a failure at work. And then the your partner's coming home and you're just looking at them like, well, I kind of hate you right now because yeah. that's a bit annoying. So annoying. But also just the realisation of the disparity of the mental load in real time. Like, you know that like the mental load, you kind of are going to be taking more of it on. But then when you realise it in real time, you're like, oh, daycare, who's organising the daycares? I'm doing that. I'm going to put it, their name down on all the places. I'm going to all of the tours. I'm calling up saying, hey, any room in your daycare yet for my baby? Like that whole mental load of I'm that. I'm filling out all of the 
policies and making sure that I'm up to date on everything. I'm packing the school bag most nights, making sure that everything that is needed in the bag is in there every single night, making sure that there's water bottles totally, with doctor certificates and that sort of thing. Like every well, single thing that you don't even realise is a part of your mental load suddenly becomes apparent. Totally. And even like packing for a holiday. Like, oh. do you know how hard it is to pack for a holiday as yourself? Yep. I find it really hard. I'm not a great packer. Then I have to pack for a baby too. I'm and just they like, need a million things. They need a million things. But actually, Charlie just did his first solo flight with Rue because mm-hmm. I was away and he packed and he did so well. Like, it's not that it, – also, when we're talking about this, it's not that they're not like – Capable. They're not capable. It's just that it naturally kind of falls to you because – you're, you are the primary carer and that's I think where the resentment builds. The thing is though is that I've recently realized that so I'll whinge about how much I have on my mental load and then sometimes Luke will point out things that are part of his mental load that I'm not even yes. aware of. Things they're doing that you have no idea. And then it makes you realize that they probably don't know what's on your list like and also it's things that I, I definitely don't want on my list so I'm like yeah. Actually, maybe I am okay looking after the doctor's appointments yeah. because the idea of dealing with strata, yes. he's like on the strata committee. I'm sure that doesn't course, surprise you. No, it doesn't surprise me. Whereas, the dad that puts two baby on board stickers on the car. He did. He, he did, looks like a guy being a strata committee. He thought that one was not enough, so he put <laughs> one so that multiple angles you can see the baby on board sticker. Yeah, yeah. Just because, you know, in his mind, it stops someone crashing into the car. Can you let him know that I indeed did see it, them? Oh, I will. I will. And I'm sure he'll be very pleased because he'll be like, that's why. That's why I did it. But what about you? Like, I'm so interested to hear about you because I've heard a little bit about it and you're very candid with how you're feeling, I think. I am. I talk about how I fucking hate him sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I have never felt such rage and resentment towards a person that doesn't actually deserve it. I know. Like, if you put things into context and actually think about it I'm like he's a really good person and a really good dad however I spend such a huge portion of my time with these intense surges of anger like I've honestly you're going to be shocked at this I have almost wanted to hit him before because I get I think full of this rage I wouldn't I haven't but like I physically need to release it sometimes because I'm just so full of rage and it's persistent and it honestly just takes over my whole body. Like I've been doing research into it. Apparently it's not that uncommon like female rage, rage. postpartum rage. I feel like this intense shaking in my whole body and it's like I'm actually vibrating and I feel white hot with rage over nothing, Yeah, nothing. And like just chatting to you now as a normal person – I'm so aware of it and I have got that awareness to put it into context and be like, you were literally unhinged. Like I joke all the time about being unhinged but actually unhinged. I know that we make jokes about me being unhinged but it's in these moments that I'm actually unhinged and everyone that's like, oh my gosh, Kelly, you're so funny and such a lovely person, you would wildly disagree if you saw me in one of those moments because – my whole body is shaking and I'm so full of rage and I just feel this like white hot anger throughout my whole body like it's so intense and it just comes in the most insane surges I imagine I've never had a hot flush because I'm not going through menopause or perimenopause but it kind of feels like that with how quickly and suddenly it could come home over absolutely nothing yeah and it's just gotten so bad and I think like I was sick the entire time I was pregnant while I grew the human. Then I almost died. I'm being, I'm being, I'm exaggerating, but getting well, the human out. You're not exaggerating. Then I had to breastfeed bleak. and look after him while I healed, as you said. And like Luke, we couldn't afford for him to take time off work. I couldn't afford to take time off work. And I, you know, as I've said, I didn't want to become obsolete in my industry. So I was trying to work. While I had this tiny baby, Luke was so fucking useless. And I know a lot of men in particular can be really useless, but he was absolutely useless with a baby. Yeah. And it's partially my fault as well, though. Neither of us did any of the courses. Neither of us did any reading. So we had – but at least I had experience with babies. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I do think that intuition probably comes a little bit easier. Instincts, I should say. Instincts comes a little bit easier. 
And as I've mentioned, I mean, take a shot every time Kelly mentions it, but Luke did renovations on the house. So I was just like <laughs> by myself. Everyone at my home parents is wasted right now. Literally. <laughs> renovations like, chat. while I just had a baby that was screaming on me and just feeling and also trying to work because, and I think, I know that this sounds so bad, but like as someone who's very feminist and very much so like, I support myself, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I think I felt anger towards him for not having a job good enough. And I still do. I think like I need to, that I'm expected to contribute just as much to the household because he can't afford to support us. Yet I'm also the primary parent. It just, it's bullshit. Yeah. That, but I thank you for saying that. It's not his fault though, that he doesn't have a job in a bank where he's earning a shit ton of money. Like, he does what he can. Yeah. But I'm so resentful. Yeah. I've only just realized that saying it to you. It's like, this is like therapy, but I do. I'm so resentful that he doesn't earn more money so that it has been so hard for me, even though, even if he did, I'd probably still want to work. But at least then it takes the pressure off, right? And I was going to say, I, I think it's the added pressure of like financial stuff on top of an already stressful situation. Exactly. That is the perfect way for resentment to kind of come out and for you to have those really deep feelings. And also I think a lot of people around us are in situations vastly different. Mm. And so I think there's also comparison that comes into it and there's all these like outward pressures that you just think like, oh, why can't it be like that? And because of obviously social media as well, like, even if we don't want to see it, it's like slapped in our face of how happy these like. Well, and just how much easier it can be for other people. Yes. Um, when you're struggling and then I think the, that the annoyance of that situation breeds resentment and that goes towards your partner because they are the closest person. And to they you. are doing the best that they personally totally. can. And I'm sure but that it's they would want to do more if they could. What? Like if I'm seeing someone that I know personally or someone on socials, which isn't real life, but and they've got a partner that's financially supporting them and then also doing maybe the night shift and so that they yeah. can recover. And it's like, this is bullshit. Like yeah. why am I in my situation? Even though it's not his fault – and he is doing the best that he knows how to and he can do. It's just like very hard to rationalize in your mind as well. Like, well, comparison's a thief of joy, right? We weren't made to be comparing ourselves all the time. It's actually not. Yeah. It fucks us up a little it bit. It does. And I think because of my resentment and also my poor mental health, I tried to leave him so many times within those first few months, like to the point where I had like listings up. Rental listings. Stop. Like properly, I was like, no, I'm done. I'm done. I will be, my life will be easier as a single parent because I won't have to parent full-time and work full-time. Yeah. And I genuinely felt like that. Like sometimes I still do. To be honest, I'm like, my life is just so hard in so many ways. It's also not, I just would like to say, like, it's easy. Wow, that just sounded so tone deaf. Like no. my life is so hard. But it's not. But everyone is allowed to find their. I find things challenging to them. Yes. I think you're allowed to feel that your life is hard. I find it very hard to ex- be expected to be the primary parent plus contribute equally to the household in every single manner. Like that to me, I'm like I don't understand it's where I'm supposed res- to have time for the, all of this. It's a lot of responsibility and not a lot of time to think about anything else except for that responsibility. Yeah. And like then I'm dropping balls left, right and yeah. centre everywhere else. Which doesn't make you feel good. So this is exactly thing. like you need things to make you feel good in order to see things in a more positive light. And sometimes it's just like this kind of like negative spiral of thoughts and thinking. And that's what the resentment is because it's inequity in the relationship. Yes. And that's what you're seeing. Even if it's not because the thing is, and I think this is why couples counselling is so beneficial for so many people because then they help you see that person's perspective because from Luke's perspective, he probably resents me in so many ways. I'm sure that if they could be the primary carer, they would too. Yeah, well, and, you know, even like last night we had friends over and one of them said something and Luke's like, oh, well, I can't organise a boys' weekend because Kelly's blocked out the calendar every single weekend (laughs) for the rest of the year. And I'm like, well, sorry, but get more organised then. (laughs) I can't help but that me and my friends are organised. 
But, you know, he would resent that. Yeah. Well, I even know from Charlie, like, he works really long hours during busy times. And after, you know, four days straight, five days straight of watching, of doing the bath time alone by myself and all of that, at day five, I'm like, I'm really fucking annoyed right now. Mm. But then every night when I FaceTime him to say goodbye with Rue, goodnight with Rue, he's just, I can see it. He's just like, yep. I, f- I wish I was there. Yeah. You know, so I'm resenting him for working late at work. He has to work late at work in order for us to be able to survive mm. and prosper. But he misses out on those things too. On those moments. So there's always another side there's to the There's always story. another perspective. And that's why talking about things and communication is so important because then I also see it from that and I think – on Thursdays and Fridays, which are just me and Lenny days, yeah, I'm like, this is actually the sort of thing that, it, yeah, it's so hard at the moment juggling everything and, you know, Luke gets home from work and then I start my work for the day type thing. But those moments on Thursdays and Fridays, I, I'm very blessed that I can move my hours around to accommodate that time with Len. And also remember that it, they're fleeting because- That's what I mean, They're yeah. going to be going to school- before and, we know it. You and know, next year he'll be in four days. Yeah. And I'll have that one less day. Yeah. And I bet I will miss it. Like, So you're putting him up to four days next year? Yeah, well, I have to. You I just, just am really time. struggling to yeah. have any time to get anything done. I'm yeah. very disorganized though. So I put Ruin up to the three days even when I finished my other job and you were like don't take it down to two I days I said You'll don't take it day. down and I was like I feel like I'm taking the piss because I'm just starting out freelance I you know I want to be you know not having to pay for and it's not work you're also I don't so have hard on time. yourself like one of my girlfriends is about to go back to work she's working two days and she works a sort of job where you work and you work yeah. like she's a nurse so she gets also her job done yeah she cuts home done done yeah but she still put her baby in for three days because she's like no no I need one day for me and to get chores done and stuff yeah and I was like amen sis she gets it she does I wish I got it well you you I think these she's a third time mum, so I think oh okay thank you through time <laughs> that she's like I need like I know that I need this day yeah so she's just, I think we're just still learning everything. Yeah, we are. If you have listened to me talk, maybe you're like, whoa, Kelly's an actual psychopath. Someone sent help for Luke. <laughs> Poor <laughs> Luke. No. Yeah, literally, someone said, Luke, blink once if you need help. <laughs> or you might be listening going, oh, my God, I also just get these intense bursts of rage. Yeah. But I don't actually want to leave. I don't actually think that he's a bad person or she's a bad person or whatever. I just get these bursts of rage. Just so you know, it's very normal. Super normal. I've been doing my research. <gasps> very, very normal. So according to psychologist, Mr. Jeff Temple, resentment in a relationship does typically surface when one or both partners feel like they've been just slighted, left out, they're not getting treated fairly. So where anger and the anger side of things is really obvious because it's such a clear indicator when someone's angry. Right. Resentment is a much harder to identify and articulate because you're like, I don't really know how to explain this like oh, built up oh, that yeah. I'm feeling towards this person, which makes it much more destructive in the long term as it can manifest in so many different ways and in the relationship. A big one I reckon is like being passive aggressive. Oh, or must be nice. Yeah. Oh, must be nice. Oh, the calendar chat is so funny. I'll be like, it was in the calendar. Oh, what do you think that I should check the calendar every day? Yeah, if you're going to forget. when they use the calendar against you and you're like, God Oh, damn my it. God. When Luke does that to me, I honestly just want to like poke <laughs> him in the balls hard <laughs> because he'll be like, did you – I'll say, oh, I'm going out tonight for dinner. And he'll be like, is it on the calendar? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, it's not. But I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. It doesn't work yeah, when he's you like, do I'm that. Like, oh, sorry, did me. you have grand plans that I didn't know about? And he's like, no, but it wasn't on the calendar. I feel like you'd have something to say if I didn't tell you about something <laughs> that wasn't on the calendar. I'm like, can you shut up? You would think correctly. Yes, you would be correct. <laughs> Resentment, it's so common. And it's actually very common for couples to break up within that first year of life. Mm. A lot of people knowing who I am as a person did give me the advice. They were like, do not make any drastic decisions yeah. within the first few years, Kel, because you are very, you've got a really bad temper and you 
don't see things clearly, do not make any decisions, which I think is really good advice. Otherwise, I literally probably would have gotten that rental in Double Bay that I like to look off so much. <laughs> I actually love the sound of that. Closer Honestly, than me. you could come. Exactly. And then you could come over while I'm enjoying my we single girl We could rent era. it together. When we're hating our partners, we go yes. there. With <laughs> it's our little oasis. Little baby root. We're going to have to start making a lot more money if that's the case. <laughs> but anyway, so as I said, it's very normal. And I really wanted for this episode to chat to a shitter who actually did leave their partner. So welcome to our lovely shitter, Lauren. So you have glorious baby Finn, who is only a few months older than Len. So how old was Finn when you made the decision to leave his father? Um, he was seven months old. So really um, quite early on in the piece. Um, but it was definitely just a necessary decision at that time. Like it couldn't continue the way that it was. And I mean, you're saying it's early, but like if you actually think about that seven months, it's a, it's a long time when you're in it. Mm. And it was like the hardest seven months of my entire life, like newborn yeah. bubble, all of that kind of thing. I really struggled with um, postnatal depression and anxiety. And so there was already like this layer of – like mental health issues, if you will, and just mm. struggling to adjust to being a new mum and a new parent and all of those things. And then on top of that, trying to figure out and navigate like a breakdown in a relationship, like it was really, really complicated and a really, really hard yeah. seven months. And I think the lead up, like my pregnancy wasn't easy. My birth wasn't easy like I didn't have one of those rainbow and butterfly moments and loved every second of it so I think there was just a lot of build up into everything that was going on and then at seven months it was like I cannot do this anymore because then it wasn't just the seven months it was the nine months that you were pregnant growing a human with all of the hormones on top and then realizing that maybe the person that you've chosen to have a baby with isn't the right person for you. And then there's the birth trauma. So there's, it's, it's a lot longer than yeah. seven months. Really. But it's interesting. Like in my case, I even still to this day, like I think that Finn's father was the person that I should have had a baby with. I, I still wholeheartedly believe that he should be the father of my child and he was really great and supportive and all of these wonderful things, but there was this underlying issue the whole time and it just built up and built up and built up until it then just exploded. And so then, yeah, it was just, it was just really, it was so complicated because it wasn't just, I hate this person and now I can leave them. Mm. It was really complicated because it's like, I actually really love this person, but, I don't like what you're doing and I don't like how it makes me feel and I don't yeah. like it for our family. How long were you and Finn's dad together? Um, today actually would have been our nine-year anniversary. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, no, no. that's timely to have this conversation. I know, I know. It was so funny. I sent him a text message this morning. I was like, happy non-nine-year anniversary. <laughs> I love that though. Yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. So, All right, well, let's go back, but I do want to chat about that because I think that that is beautiful and that is how things should be. I agree. With entirely. people, especially parents, yes. co-parents. So with the breakup, was it a build-up over time? So you've said it was a build-up over that seven months and I'm sure it was prior. Like how long were you thinking about it and talk to us like as much as you're comfortable about your relationship, what changed and how it changed after having a baby, so little baby Finn? Our relationship, for the most part, was really, really great. There was just um, a, there was an alcohol issue. So that was the underlying problem was, was this, yeah, alcoholism, I guess. And um, it just, I was really unaware whether it was like me being naive or me putting my head in the sand a bit about it. I was unaware of like the extent of the of the problem. I knew that there was a problem, but I didn't think it was as extreme as it was. And it probably went on for a couple of years before we even got pregnant, but I was very much like 
it's fine. Everything will be fine. It's the only thing that we have a problem with. He just likes to drink. It's fine. That's right. Like it was, it was, yeah, I mean, quite silly of me in hindsight, but at the time you believe what the person is saying to you and you believe that it's just one drink or it's just a couple of drinks a day when in reality it's completely not that. And I didn't realise the extent of it until Finn was born. So even like in the lead up to, I had said, you know, no drinking for the last month of my pregnancy because what if you need to drive me somewhere or what if this, like something happens and we need to go somewhere. And so it was like, yep, not going to do that, not drinking. And then I don't know, I don't even know how it started like the 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 unraveling of it all I suppose like there was one specific day that I found him drinking again and I just said I'm done like I had I'd threatened it a few times which like I didn't really like that aspect of my personality but I honestly was just like if you do it again I'm leaving. If you do it again, I'm leaving. And I kept mm-hmm. saying it and then not doing anything and then kept saying it and not doing anything. And so it was just these, like, empty threats. And then it got to the point where I was like, I cannot do this again. Like, I was so livid this one day. And I just was like, this is the end. Like, this is – I will not put myself through this life. I will not put my son through this life. And, like, for me, I grew up in a family that is – divorce was divorced when I was five and then there's been elements of addiction throughout my life as well like not me personally but my parents and so I knew what I didn't want the outcome of like Mm. mine and Finn's life to be and so I just didn't stand for it anymore I wasn't just wasn't doing it that's so brave and also just to be to to understand the need to break that cycle mm. I think when you've experienced it you just absolutely everything in you cannot let that ever happen again and I think it's so it, yeah what Kelly said really really brave thank you yes <laughs> it was so hard like it's, it's like, like a brave decision but it's so hard it is so hard to but that's why it's so brave because it is it's almost impossible because the easier choice is to stay the easier choice in every way is to stay most of the time and but you were doing the best thing for yourself and your child and your partner like your ex-partner long term agreed I completely agree with that because as you said empty threats are never we're not working well it doesn't work because they just think oh well well, we just I'll just keep doing it she'll always just keep threatening and then I'll just get to continue with the behavior and then there's no actual consequences for anything that I do so like why would you bother changing I just got to a point where I was like, I can't, I cannot stand for being treated like this anymore. And it took so much like back and forth, toing and froing for months and months and months, like years almost, I guess. Like, and then it was just this one day and it just, I was like, no, no more. I, I cannot do You've this had enough. I've just had an absolute gut full of it. And like going, we did couples therapy, we did counselling, we did all of the things after Finn was born and there was all of these you know promises and steps made and it just it just didn't work like it was not it was not working and I think I think the best thing I ever did was was leave for all three of us Mm. because we're in such a different place now and that realization must just make you like so proud of that decision and doing something that was so hard just when you made that decision and you obviously delivered that news I can imagine that the reaction would have been no please stay Mm. how did you stick to your guns like Mm. like what did you do because I think anyone listening who may be considering it or in a similar position is like okay you can make the decision and and um verbalize the decision but how do you actually then carry out that decision like what did you do did you leave Um, did you make him leave I stayed um it was in in the night time it was like dinner time when the explosion I guess happened and I ended up sleeping in the spare room that night and it was just like it was horrible it was honestly the most horrible moment and night of my life like we were both so upset you probably would prefer to go through birth again than that night 100% 
Absolutely. Like, and my birth was horrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would never want to go through that again. So like that's saying something. But the next day, and I remember calling my sister and telling her that night and she called my auntie who lived maybe 20 minutes away from where we were living at the time and she was like, Loz needs to come, like she needs to come and stay at your house and she was like, absolutely. And so the next day I packed up some things and I went to my auntie's house and I stayed there for a week and I left Finn with Nick and his mum the next day because his mum was at our house in the midst of all of this and it was such gosh that makes things awkward uh, hard well I mean and then we're having this like mm. argument in front of her like you know this whole thing is happening in front of my mother-in-law and everyone she's crying I'm crying Nick's crying like everyone's crying and like just the worst but then the next day yeah I was, I was like I need to go I'm gonna go and do this I'm gonna stay there for at the time it was indefinite. I was like, I'm going to go there and then figure it all out. I didn't have a plan. I was just like, let's just go. And then the next day, I think I stayed there one night by myself. And then the next day Finn was brought over to my auntie's house by Nick and his mum. And so it was like, then I was seeing him again for the first time but, like, we'd obviously been talking and texting in that day because I was like, this is the most heartbreaking thing of my life and trying to just, mm. you know, do all of the things that you do when you're breaking up with somebody. And you're like, if I had done this better, like, would you have changed? Or if you did this, like, please come back, blah, 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 blah. Like, all of those things. So I ended up staying there for a week with Finn sometimes, without Finn sometimes. It was very haphazard. Like, the whole thing was very ridiculous. And also strange, I imagine, when you have been the primary caregiver to your child for the past seven months, I yeah. imagine, like, then all of a sudden they're not with you all the time. Yeah. Then that's, they're like, another deep. layer of grief as well. Yeah, you're also, they're also with the person who I wholeheartedly trust Nick with Finn. There's never been a question, which is why I left him there and I left. Mm. But there's, there is that level of, like, oh, my goodness, I'm leaving my son with somebody yes, his father, but like with someone who I'm just, I don't trust anymore. So like, what am I doing? Yep. Leaving him there, but I trust him with Finn. So it was never like a problem, if that makes sense. But um, I think the hardest thing about even that week and then, then I ended up going back to our house after that week and he went to a friend's house for two weeks and then we both separately moved out. So we left the home that we had together and I moved one place, he moved to another place. And I think the hardest thing um, about all of that is we would FaceTime every single day to see Finn. And so you're like of course. FaceTiming and having this like scheduled call where well, I can't, Finn can't talk to me. So I have to, I'm talking to Nick, mm. like, and then seeing Finn. Yeah. So it was like, and it's just, it was so awkward at the start because I would just cry. And like, what am I, what was I thinking? I could have just stayed. Like that's, that was what I thought for months. I could have just stayed. Mm. I wouldn't have to FaceTime my child every day that he's not with me. And I wouldn't have to break my heart every single time I saw Nick on FaceTime. Like if I had have just stayed. Because... That's another thing that people don't often talk about that, and you've sort of mentioned it without mentioning it, but it's heartbreaking for you to break someone's heart that you love. Yeah, still. absolutely. Like it was. Because you will, you do love him. Like, of course. And then consistently breaking someone's heart, that is further breaking yeah, your own heart. Exactly. Like there are just so many layers. So many, so many layers. And like even even just like the decisions to like to separate, to move somewhere different to what days we're going to have him to all of these things. Like there's so many people's feelings that are involved and I never yeah. ever wanted to hurt Nick's feelings. Like I never wanted to do that. I didn't want to hurt him. I didn't want to hurt myself. I didn't want to hurt Finn, but in doing all of those things, 
by not doing anything, I was hurting myself more. So like I had to do And nothing. at the end of the day, you do need to put yourself yeah. first because no one else will. Well, that's right. When it came to discussing things, like when the logistical side of the breakup, this is where a lot of things get messy for a lot of people with a child. Definitely. How did you navigate that? How did you navigate custody? How did, like, were there a lot of fights? Was it, or has it, have you both been really good with managing that? We have been fantastic with managing it. Like, I truly think That's that really we have done an exceptional job at co-parenting our son. Um, I think it could be horrible. I think, honestly, the situation could be the worst thing in the entire world and I am forever grateful that I'm a shift worker. So, therefore, I worked four, four days on, five days off and when I was at work, Nick would have Finn and when I was off work, I would have him. So it would end up being about a 50-50 split anyway. Mm. So it worked out really well because of my job. I think had I worked full-time in a nine-to-five, Monday-to-Friday type role and so did Nick, I think there would become maybe some like disagreements of who was having him and when, but my job almost gave us like a roadmap of this is when you're having him, yeah. having him. And so it alleviated that that stress because that's just what it was. It had to be like that because otherwise, like, I would never see him or, like, whatever it was. Yeah. And I, um, I never – I said this to my friend the other day, actually. I never signed up to be a part-time parent. Like, that was never mm. my – that was never my my goal, obviously. Like I don't think a lot of I don't think anyone really is like, oh, I'm gonna have a baby. No so one does unless my they partner and then live half my life. Like Yeah. That is not I don't think that's anybody's expectation. But I was so ready to just never have I was so wanting that to never be my life because my parents had mm. separated when I was five. But there was all of these things that happened in my life from a separated like parent group, I guess, that made me be like, actually, I've got a pretty good, like I've got a fantastic stepmom, I have a, a fantastic step stepsister, and so like those things helped me be like, you know what, it's all right, it will be okay because it was all right for me. Like it was, it was pretty shit sometimes, mm. but like it was okay for me. And so making these decisions, I was like, well, if Finn can have a stepbrother or sister like Holly, then he's he's lucky because I was lucky. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, I don't know, just lots of lots of layers and, and the custody thing just happened to fall into place, which was good because I think that is mm. did it, so tricky. Did it take you a while to get used to or are you still not used to it? Um, I think I'm used to it now. It's been a little over 12 months now and mm. I I quite like my time. <laughs> I well, know. I didn't know how to I didn't know how to delicately put that no. because I'm like at first of course you would have been like this is sucks like, but this now is the you're worst. like now I'm like not too bad. <laughs> not because of the age, the age is like so hectic. Definitely. If I can not be beaten up by my almost two-year-old every second of the day and like not have him throw his cars at my face or like, you know, all of these things which are wonderful, but I'm like, a little break isn't so bad. But Yeah, a little break nice. where you can actually just like yeah. pretend that you're not going to get cars thrown That's at you right. tomorrow like, or whatever. Oh, you're I like, can I can just go out and pretend that I'm just still me. That's right. I'm like, oh, I can go to the supermarket without the fear of being victimised by my toddler in front of 50 people because he wants a yogurt. And I'm like, we haven't purchased it yet. Like, you can't just wait. <laughs> please, sir. Please, sir. You can have it as soon as we leave the store. It's okay. I'm not, I'm not holding it hostage. Just wait. <laughs> like, yeah. So, like, there's definitely little parts of me that are like, that's quite nice. Like, it's quite nice to have your own time again because for the, you know, you know what it's like. Like, having a kid on you all of the time and so needy of you and your space and like being tucked out and all of these things is exhausting and so just having like mm. 
a couple of days, mind you, I was at work 12 hour days while I, like in that time. So it's not like I was, you know, just off living my life on these holidays, but I, um, you know, I was working 48 hours in four days and, and mm. getting, and so when I'd come home from work, I was asleep. I would eat and then I'd go to sleep and then I'd wake yeah. up and then I'd do another 12 hours and then I'd come back and all of those things. So it wasn't like I was just living this life of luxury. You talked about your relationship with Nick now at the start of this chat. How do you navigate everything now? Because it sounds so good. Like you sound like you're all so healthy. Yeah, so it is really good. Like I, um, it feels weird to say that it is good. I'm now like, oh, actually, like he's my best friend and we co-parent so well and now FaceTiming him every day doesn't, you know, rip my heart out of my chest. I'm like, oh, I'm seeing my mate. Like I'm seeing my friend this afternoon and and it's going to be nice and we still do things as a family all the time. Like we go to the zoo together mm, and we, so nice. you know, we go to the park and we do all these things and when we change over Finn, it's not like, oh, let's meet on the side of the freeway and change cars. Like, like my life was at some points, you know, it wasn't, it's not like that. It's we go and have a coffee or a meal and we do something as a family. So then when we leave, it's like, okay, you're just going, you're just going to dad's now. And I don't come home and hysterically cry because I was doing that every single time. Every time I dropped Finn off to Nick and it was changeover day, I would come home and cry for hours because it just broke my heart. Whereas now I'm like, well, he's safe. He's content. He's looked after. He's got every car that he could possibly need. Like he's, he's good. Like he is good. And I think the hardest thing now is that Finn has become, has gotten to an age where he understands that mummy's not there or daddy's not there. And so that's like the hardest bit to navigate now is that when he, like, for example, I was with a friend of ours the other day and Nick came and and saw us and as he left, Finn was just hysterical. He was like hysterically crying, daddy, daddy, daddy. And if I ever drive away from his house with Finn in the car, he's like banging at the window screaming, daddy, daddy, daddy. And it just makes me so sad because I'm like, that was a decision that I made that is now breaking your heart. And so that is the only negative thing at the moment is that I'm like, you crush my soul every single time you cry for him Mm. because if it You need to remember though, they're little bastards. They do that even when you just drop them at daycare sometimes. I know. I know. But like I had, yeah. They know what they're doing. He does. He does know. And then I'm like, oh, I'm the worst mother ever. Like, I'm so bad. Why did I make this decision? Like, I sat at um, at our friend's house the other day when he left and Finn was crying and crying and crying. And I just, like, sat there and, like, had little tears in my eyes. And I was like, this is so embarrassing. I'm crying in front of eight people because my son's crying because his dad's just left. Like, what is happening? <laughs> but, like. But no one would have, everyone would have understood. Yeah. And, like, and if they don't, they'll be like, well, that's exactly right. <laughs> well, I actually think that you're an incredible mother. Like, I'm just, I'm just so in awe of you because I think that so many people stay in unhappy relationships because it's easier or they're so worried about not having that nuclear family. And I think that what you've done is you've just created your own life for your little boy. And he's just so lucky to have such a strong mum because a nuclear family isn't necessarily a happy family and I think it's way more important for him to grow up in two happy families than one unhappy one yeah absolutely so if someone's listening to this and they've resonated with you what would your advice be putting yourself and your child or children before your want for the relationship like I wanted my relationship to work, obviously, but it wasn't working. So I think just like being bold and brave, like to realize you get to choose and accept what you accept. So I wasn't willing to accept being lied to and living in this life of addiction 
And then I relied like heavily on my friends to help me, like guide me through mm. that. Like I think I'm very lucky with my girlfriends. I have an amazing circle of friends who support me and help me. And so I think without them, it would have been really different. Like I thought I was in a happy place. I was miserable. In hindsight, I look back and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, she she wasn't doing great. Like she was not, Yeah. she was not the best. And like now, finally, after finding like a really great psychologist and making some changes in my life and making career choices and doing this, this and that, I'm like, I finally feel really good again. Like I feel like I am this 23-year-old wonderful like you know new person and I'm like oh I'm actually almost 33 but um that's okay <laughs> I feel like it's, it will get but like, it's what you feel that's right and I feel like it just gets better if you leave something that's not good and I think that it's a testament to both of you of how well that you've been able to co-parent and the fact that you do things together as a family like that those are core memories for Finn growing up that he's gonna always remember yeah like we're planning a family holiday in January you know, like we plan to go and I love that. a week together as a family because we have the ability to do that because I left our relationship before it became horrible to each other. Like it, like yes. the situation yes. was horrible, but we were still friends and I still loved him and he still loved me. Whereas staying to a point of absolutely detesting someone and despising everything that they do and every move that they make then makes it so much harder to then co-parent them like whereas if you leave before Mm. you get to a point of absolutely despising someone then the co-parenting also becomes significantly easier yeah Yeah, it's a really great point actually all I keep thinking is that we need to do an episode on dating because I am Oh, my God. Dying that's what I'm like, I want to hear. know all about dating with a kid. But I'm like, that's a separate episode. It's a separate episode, but I'm just like, she looks really happy. If anyone is um, yeah, you single and listening. I think that that was incredibly insightful and I'm so grateful to Lauren for sharing. Yeah, I think that she hit a lot of themes that even if you're not in that situation, you can just – Get some learnings about just yourself. Make yes. putting yourself first, She's making so... sure your happiness is always key, no matter how good or bad the relationship is. Yeah, you know, our mutual friend that she and I have also has done so many good things this year through therapy, different therapists, but like we need to know their names because Well, you do. Yes. Okay. Well, yes. <laughs> All right. I do. <laughs> to finish off this episode, we thought that we'd go through some signs of resentment in relationships just so As we talked about, it is sometimes harder to realize that what you're feeling is resentment. So it might make it easier so that it's always better to get on top of things early rather than getting to a stage where you feel like physically hurting someone. I'm not – I don't say that lightly, by the way, guys. That's not like – it's just me telling you how I feel. But number one, increase irritability with your partner. Can relate. I'm a very irritable person though. I am too. Are you? Yeah. I'm just a cranky person. Well, I just, if things don't, if something doesn't go, I I get. The way you planned it. Yeah, I get a little bit stuck and caught in that moment. So then I get a bit annoyed. And then, you know, hours later, he'll be like, why are you so annoyed? And I'm like, well, that thing this morning happened. And he's like, what? Who cares? I forgot about that. I've got to let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Thoughts of ending the relationship. So, although I just feel like sometimes that's just normal when you're having a bad trot. Passive aggressiveness, reduced interest in all forms of intimacy. Did someone just write this? Are you laughing because this is just like me? No, I was laughing at the passive aggressiveness and I was just like, I am so passive aggressive sometimes. I feel bad. I'm not. I don't feel bad. I mean, I'm just a bitch. (laughs) Complaining to others about your partner. I don't actually do that that much. I don't do that either because I'm not a – I don't like – I, I don't like bitching. Yeah, but also I like, like gossiping. I don't like to bitch. Well, I just also know that like when we're good in five minutes, I've said all this mean stuff about him. I, that's yes. gonna make me feel really bad. So it's almost like it changes me future me from feeling yeah, bad. Yeah, and cha- and you don't want to change your friend's perspective. Exactly. Obviously, if anything bad happens totally. and like big fights that we have or whatever, but just things that are just annoying me or whatever, I don't complain. Yeah, but I think it's good 
should do that if you feel like you need to yeah. vent. But I think always make sure that you're venting to the right person because you never want to feel like you've confided in someone that you don't fully trust. Yes. Then you can get a bit stressed about that situation. I just realised that my sister's going to be listening to this and just be like, are you serious? You liar. <laughs> I bitch all the time to her about Luke and about she does about her husband. Everyone's got a person. It's your sister though. You're just like, oh, you never believe what he did last night, the bastard. <laughs> Um, other things are increased arguments and emotional distance. So, Key, would you like to go through the tips? Yes. So, things that you can do that can help the situation. I have conversations about needs and expectations. So good. I think Like your tip about when you went back to work, you needed to have that conversation. Yeah. Even though it was annoying that you had to have it, it's better to have the conversation. And I would even say, like, there are markers in as you're raising children, like, of when things change drastically. Mm. So they go to daycare, then they go to preschool, then they go to school, different things like that. Those are when you need to have those conversations for sure because your schedule is going to be changing and roles and responsibilities are going to be shifting. So you need to have those conversations then. But apart from those times, just regular check-ins is Mm. a good thing, you know. Make it once a month or something. Make sure you're getting in there. Um, Agreeing on who is responsible for what then everyone knows what they need to be doing and when. And yes. there's no resentment there. The calendar. The calendar. The calendar system. But don't Put it on use the fridge. it as a weapon because it will come back to bite And don't apparently fill in every single weekend. And also don't just talk about what the responsibilities are. Go write through it down. expectations and, yeah. But write it down yes. and make it like a thing, you know. Give yourself those KPIs. We want to tick some stuff off our to-do list. Oh, God, you sound like a ball of fun. Thank you. KPIs at Key Reese's house. <laughs> Continue to reevaluate as life changes. I kind of mentioned as you that said, before. Yeah. Make time for each other even if you can't be bothered, okay, because can I just say, oh. I don't know if I can say I'll Are you going to say it? Because I'm thinking it. When you do have a date or something planned, I honestly dread it because I'm like, I don't want to spend time with you. You're annoying me. But then we go out and I'm like, okay, this is actually fun. This is why we're together. <laughs> no, I was going to say that like just making time for each other. Like, Are you talking about gobbies? No, I'm just talking about like being intimate with each other. I think can cut through some of that and you you, just, you remember like why you fell in love. Mm. It doesn't have to be sex. I just went there because... Everyone yep. knows from season one, I am a like, horn dog. I'm a horny girl. Um, sorry, I don't know where this horniness came from. Um, but yeah, making time for each other, even if you can't be bothered, making time for yourself because if you're happy, that will then kind of change up. It fills feels. your cup and makes you a better partner and mother. Yeah, just and friend, everything. Yeah, you kind of want to refuel yourself. And Kelly, this lands, this last one goes out to Kelly McCarran. Speak to a professional. Oh, I wonder if that was directed at me. <laughs> Who on earth could but you be speaking about? It's yeah, so it's good very to important. Do you know what I'm going to do after we've recorded this? I am going to ring them up. <gasps> make an appointment. Do it, girl. So those are our tips. And speak to a professional is a recommendation if you think that you could benefit from it. Another recommendation is instead of criticizing your partner, so I need to do this, instead of criticizing your partner and just being like, oh, you suck because you left pubes on the toilet. (laughs) Okay. You've got to use, you've got to give them proper feedback. So you say, when this happened, so when you left pubes on the toilet. (laughs) I can't believe now this is. (laughs) I felt angry. Disgusted. Angry. And disgusted. Because I had to sit on your pubes when I then went to urinate. Yeah. Three, my request, could you please, moving forward for the 20th time, yeah. not leave your pubes on the toilet? Yeah. I get that. I actually did this yesterday to Charlie. About pubes? No, not Luke about pubes. He doesn't actually have pubes. He keeps it very well groomed. Like, I don't like shaved, but. Okay. This is a tangent we don't have time for. Oh, yeah. For. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. We really do not have t- time for that. Um, I, Rue is just into everything at the moment, obviously. And she just picks things up and puts them in a special news place. Oh. And the Apple TV remote just disappeared. And I, yesterday, needed a little bit of me time. And so I got my food, got my snacks, sat on the couch. You reckon I could find that Apple oh. TV remote? And so I was furious. White hot rage. Because Charlie leaves it on the side table, which is in her room? No, in the lounge room. But oh. she, it's every morning, she gets up and grabs it. I'm like, put it on the buffet because it's up high. So I sent him a lovely text message that Same. said, hello, um, just at the end of the night, 
could you just pop the Apple TV remote on the buffet because that crazy little toddler of ours. Did you actually write that or did you just say, fuck you, I'm trying to eat my lunch and I couldn't find my remote? I wanted to, but I knew that it was not going to benefit me and I knew it was just going to. so much better at this stuff than me. Well, you know. Therapy. (laughs) Therapy. And he wrote back and he goes, I thought I did. And he said, said, you didn't, you dick. (laughs) I was like, well, maybe you did. I don't actually have any proof. But anyway, I thought that that, like, I was really proud of myself in that handling that because it, if I put, am hot on the text yeah, when I'm annoyed. Saying, oh, the abuse that I'm just Luke like, pops. Fuck, I love the toilet seat up and I fell in in the night. Like, <laughs> you are a very small person. I would just get like one butt cheek <laughs> caught. But yeah, I think it can really help because a lot of the time when you rage text about something and then you find said thing that was you know, lost, you're just like, oh, God, me 20 minutes ago is Mm. so weird, you know? Because you also then have it in perspective and you're like, really wasn't a big deal that you couldn't find the remote. Yeah, and imagine if someone texts you like, you fucking lost the remote. And it's like, no, I didn't, you psycho, chill. Like Like, it doesn't have any effect on them. It would be like grounds for instant divorce if Luke messaged me about a lost remote. (laughs) But I'm just cooked in the head you're not we and all have speaking our of that, let's go because i need to go call the psych yeah see you later thanks so much for listening to today's episode if you like today's episode we would love if you would share the pod on your socials let us know what you think tag us tell us what you want to hear you can tag us at key reese at kelly underscore mccarran and at essr.pod this episode was produced by myself key reese and by kelly mccarran with audio production by claudia coy bye bye, bye.